0: I mean, if we looked at his life and his whole life was one mountaintop experience after another, if that were the case with David, we'd be left to look at our lives and be like, what in the world is wrong with me? How come I'm struggling? How come I have tough days? How come I'm not always where I want to be? How come I have times of discouragement? And But this is where God's Word is so real. There's only one hero of this book, and the only hero of this book is God Himself. And David's life in his humanity and reality of his ups and his downs, his life ultimately points to this God. And that's why, again, there's only one who is worthy of our worship.
1: Good day and welcome back to Live in the Life. We're thankful that you have joined us in the middle of our series entitled The Life of David. As we've been tracking through these great and amazing and powerful stories of a very well-known figure in the Old Testament, we're finding our lives resonating with his life as well and finding that God has a lot, a lot to teach us through him. Well, today's message, Pastor Robbie, is on the decline of David, and it's really, as you said, a message for those who are discouraged and hurting.
0: Yeah, we're really praying so today. Um, Again, one of the things we love about entering into the men and women of Scripture is God presents for us people who are real. And uh, again, I'm so glad, I know you are too, Craig, just like David was perfect all the time, and that would be so Because then we'd have nothing to relate to because we look at ourselves and we see ourselves floundering day in, day out. And this is why we see, well, how did David do when he had to kind of go down into the valley? And what did he do and who did he rely on at that time? Because life, let's be honest, life's easy to live when everything's going great. But what happens when life gets hard as it does for every single one of us? And so I pray for specifically the person today who's listening and you're in a tough time. For the person who's discouraged, for the person who's fighting through despair, for the person who finds themselves in situations they did not think possible. Hey, uh, I'm a human being too, and I know how hard life can be at times, and that's why we need the Lord, because we simply can't do it without Him. And David was about to find out on another level what this meant for his life. So in the name of Jesus Christ today, Live in the Light listeners, we love you, and we're praying for you, that in maybe some discouragement, the Lord would supernaturally encourage you. Maybe in the midst of fighting through despair, God will present you with hope in his son, Jesus Christ. May it be so. Hey, hey, listen, don't give up. Don't give up. There's so much to live for uh, in the living God and his son, the Lord Jesus. May it be so here today living live in the light. All right, well, let's get right away to
1: God's word, a word of encouragement for us all today. In our Bibles, it's 1 Samuel chapters 20 through 22. And here again is Pastor Robbie.
0: Please find a Bible and open it to uh, 1 Samuel chapter 21. If you're visiting with us today, we're so glad that you are, and maybe you didn't bring a Bible with you. There'll be a Bible in front of you in the chair, and you can open that one up, and someone can help you find there, or you can locate that yourself, 1 Samuel chapter 21. And um, our sermon title uh, this weekend is this. It's um, The Decline of David. The Decline of David. How's that for encouraging? But I'm not going to lie to you. I kind of am really encouraged by the title, Um, And this is a no offense to David. I'm I'm not happy David's going to struggle in our text today. Um, I'm not rejoicing in David's misery, but I am encouraged by this. I am encouraged that David is human. Um, I'm encouraged that David is not perfect. Uh, I'm encouraged that David sins just like me, right? So we said this before, the Lord, what he does in his uh, book, the word of God, he provides us with real people for us to learn from in scripture. Because can you imagine how depressing it would be if from start to finish, we were studying the life of David and David never, ever had a bad day. I mean, if we looked at his life and his whole life was one mountaintop experience after another and there was no stumbling or tripping or discouragement or longing for kind of brighter days and stuff, I think if that were the case with David, we'd be left to look at our lives and be like, what in the world is wrong with me? How come I'm struggling? How come I have tough days? How come I'm not always where I want to be? How come I have times of discouragement? And, but this is where God's word is so real. This is where um, there's only one hero of this book, um, and the only hero of this book is God himself. And David's life in his humanity and reality of his ups and his downs, his life ultimately points to this God. And that's why, again, there's only one who is worthy of our worship. Uh, That is the Lord God Almighty, Uh, Jesus Christ. And of course, the power of the Holy Spirit, him as well. Only God is worthy to be worshiped. And so that's why we don't worship uh, man and David, but we worship God. And literally, uh, God is, is worthy to be uh, worshiping the ground that he walks on. It is right that we uh, worship him and fall to our faces to the ground because the Lord is awesome and he deserves all of that. This is why we're here. This is the reason we gather here, now, the purpose of the church, to give glory to the Lord. But this is awesome. Do you know this? That our God never, ever has a bad day. That's awesome, he never ever has a bad day because he's perfect, he's he's perfectly in control, he's never stressed, he's never worried, he's never down in the dumps, he's he's always perfect. Again, another reason that we worship him, but did, did you know this? Because our God is so gracious and so generous, he has provided a way to have full access to him through his son, Jesus Christ, that for anyone who believes in him, and is saved by grace through faith in him that we too have the hope that one day so soon, his son is gonna return and we will see him face to face and then we too, forever and ever, will never again have a bad day. Woo hoo, I can't wait, bring it on Lord, please. That'll be so great. Maybe right now you wanna, oh you wanna clap for that too? that's awesome, that's awesome, that's awesome. Love clapping in church. And in fact, that truth is so awesome, you can turn to your neighbor right now and say, can't wait for that day. Can't wait for that day. Go ahead. Can't wait for that day. And isn't that that so awesome? Like David had so many bad days and we're encouraged, but God never has a bad day. And David looks to God and we look to God and we say, Lord, wow, that is going to be a good day. That will be a good day where there just aren't any more bad days. But in the meantime, there are some bad days, aren't there? And in the meantime, then we have to trust and look to our God to say, how do we live through these bad days? And that's why we have examples like David because we learn from David the good days and the bad days of how we are to live. And so in many ways in our text today and last week as well, but especially now in our text today, David's life begins to fall apart significantly. And in a humble and loving way, I'm like, yay, not just me, right, right? And let us remember, though, too, why are the lives, especially of the Old Testament saints, in narrative in this way? They are there in the Old Testament for our instruction. 1 Corinthians 10 says this explicitly, okay? It says, now these things happened to them. That's the Israelites. These are the stories of God's people in the Old Testament um, as an example, but they were written down, notice, for our instruction. So the Bible's telling us right now, and maybe you've never seen this before. The Bible's like, hey, these lives are written down as an example, but for us to learn from, for our instruction that we would learn and a lot from their mistakes. This context is specifically about the sins of the Israelites. So learn for how they messed up and be wiser than them on whom, so for our instruction, and then on whom, that's us, whom the end of the ages has come. We are living in the last age. We are living in post-resurrection of Jesus Christ. We are living in the age of grace. We are living in the end times, generically, and we believe specifically as well. And here's the outcome of this. Therefore, let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed, lest he Fall, fall. Okay, so some of us, again, when we're filled with pride, we walk in, we're telling, ta- I got it going on. I'm doing great, man. I'm just, I feel like I'm indestructible. And I'm on this like mountain. I'm not going to fall from there. And the Bible's like, time out, man, time out. You are one step away from disaster. And that's the very reason we have, again, uh, stories like the life of David. Be careful. Okay. Uh, take heed, lest you fall. Because David himself, was going to find himself in very difficult situations. So this is when we examine, um, specifically in 1 Samuel 21, the decline of David. But when you see someone so powerfully used by God and beginning to falter, I'm like, okay, what, why Why did he falter? And what happened? Why and what? What and why? And that's what our sermon is about today. We're going to look into specifically, why did David decline? How did David decline. And so this becomes our outline. And we're going to start here. Three indications that I am in troubling decline. Three indications that I learned from David's life that I am in spiritual decline. Okay. Indication number one is this. Okay. Uh, Indication number one, I am declining spiritually is this from David's life. When my faith begins to falter, when my faith begins to falter, When we come to 1 Samuel 21, David's running for his life from Saul. Saul is chucking javelins all over the place, trying to kill him. David also now goes through a heart-wrenching moment of being separated by his his covenanted friend, this beautiful biblical friendship with Jonathan. And, And we see that happening as well. In fact, look at chapter 20, verse 41, okay? So this context is when um, Jonathan says, David, I'm going to go talk to my dad and find out how mad he really is. If he's not so mad, I'll come back with some, with a boy. I'll shoot some arrows, they'll be short. If my dad's really mad and you need to leave, I'll shoot the arrows over the boy's head. I'll tell him to go run and get them and I'll say, leave quickly. So this is what happens. Saul's really mad. Saul wants to kill David. So verse 41, and as soon as the boy had gone, David rose from beside the stone. He'd been fell on his face to the ground and bowed three times. And they kissed one another and wept with one another, David weeping the most, okay? Again, heart-wrenching for David. Then Jonathan said to David, go in peace, because we have sworn both of us in the name of the Lord, saying, the Lord shall be between me and you and between my offspring and your offspring forever. And David rose and departed, and Jonathan went into the city, okay? So again, live in the text, live in the text, live in the text. We've had context all the way along here. And put yourself in David's shoes. More than his friendship with Jonathan here, David's life seems to be unraveling. We have learned in First Samuel, David has lost favor. He has lost his job. He has lost his wife. He is running for his life. He has lost security. And now he loses his best friend. At least it feel like, feels like it immensely. Let's be clear, loved ones right here. If there's ever a time your faith will be tested, it's this right here. This is when David's faith will be tested to the highest degree. Let's learn this too. Our faith is not tested when the sun is shining. Anyone can say things are great when the sun is shining because the sun is shining, all things are going well. That's no big deal. We don't really rely on God so much during those times because we, it's kind of the way we want it. Our faith is tested when the storm clouds roll in. And this, for David, this is a serious storm that has come upon his life it's interesting in chapter, I'll just read it for you. In chapter 20, verse three, David says to Jonathan, uh, there is but a step between me and death. So again, putting yourselves in David's mindset here, he's like, I could die at any moment, man. In fact, he's like, I'm probably gonna die. Like just one step away from me and death. I just, can I take, the, the, the pressure he's under, uh, the anxiety that he's battling The testing of his faith. And what happens as David's faith gets severely strained, it does begin to buckle. 1 Samuel 21, verse one. Then David came to Nob and to Ahimelech the priest. And Ahimelech came to meet David trembling and said to him, why are you alone and no one with you? And David said to Ahimelech the priest, the king has charged me with a matter and said to me, wait a second, did the, did, did Saul charge David with anything? I don't, I don't remember that happening. Let no one know anything of the matter about which I send you and with which I have charged you. Um, I have made an appointment with the young men for such and such a place. I don't remember David doing that either. And then he says in verse three, now then, what do you have on hand? Give me five loaves of bread or whatever is here. Notice, first of all, Ahimelech is picking up on David's stress. Probably because David, like how exhausted must David look? How worn out? I mean, how much sleep is he getting? He's filled with this anxiety. He just probably looks so beaten down, worn down. Ahimelech is picking up on this stuff. He's a wise man. He's a discerning man. And the first thing he's like, wait, wait, wait why are you alone? He's like, this isn't good. And something's not right here, David. And it caught, the Bible says, these details are not here for no reason. The Bible tells us Ahimelech begins to tremble. Because he senses this is not good, this this is not good. Now right here, in the midst of David's tremendous stress, he has a decision. Do I buckle to the ways of man or do I stay resolved by faith in the ways of God? We will find ourselves in these positions often. And David here, and I have tons of grace for him. I mean, this is, this is how difficult this is. But he ultimately chooses to go in the ways of man, not the ways of God. Because what he does with Ahimelech, He lies. And he lies repeatedly. Maybe his intentions were trying to protect Ahimelech and his family. Maybe he just wanted to, you know, kind of get, get in and get out. But at the end of the day, he lied. And it wouldn't be long before David would deeply, deeply regret this lie. In chapter 22, verse 22, what we find out in chapter 22 is Ahimelech protects David Doeg was one of Saul's servants which was there watching this conversation between David and Ahimelech. Doeg rats on Ahimelech, tells Saul. Saul is so mad, he summons Ahimelech. He finds out what has happened. Ahimelech basically says, yeah, I'm supporting David. I'm praying for him, bless his heart. Saul murders Ahimelech, murders his family, murders the entire community Ahimelech is from. Men, women, children, even all the animals, they're all murdered because he simply helped David. One guy would would survive. He runs to David. He tells David what happened. And David says, it's my fault. I have caused the death of your entire family. We're learning here as David seeks to depend on his own ways that drastic consequences begin to happen. See, when our faith begins to falter, we make decisions. We are tempted to make decisions based on our own devices, When we're under the strain of the pressure, we want to see results so fast that often we can rely on our own wisdom and neglect the wisdom of God. So the principle right here that we have said a lot within our church is this. It's this principle. You can never go wrong by doing right. Under the eyes of God and the ways of God, you can never go wrong by doing right. How many times have you and I been tempted to lie, been tempted to embellish, Been tempted to smudge the details. But in that moment, again, just another principle of Holy Spirit leading us and showing us and saying, Hey, Robbie, Robbie, you can never go wrong by doing right. When you choose to lie, you're choosing to sin and you will choose to make your life very difficult from that point on. It just won't work out. Principles of truth. David's faith began to falter and he started to buckle under this pressure. But what caused this? The ultimate cause for David's faith faltering is the circumstances of his life began to become more prominent than the promises of God. I'll say that again. The circumstances of David's life became more prominent to him than the promises of God. The example of this is David was seeing so clearly now the javelins of Saul being thrown at him that he had forgotten the anointing oil of Samuel the anointing oil of Samuel was a guarantee that David would be king. It was God declaring your future is certain. Your future is guaranteed. So therefore, because God has revealed this to you in his promises, you cannot lose. You will be king. It's kind of like Paul was in prison and the Holy Spirit came to Paul and says, you will not die, you will go to Rome. So whatever happened, Paul knows until he gets to Rome, he's not gonna die. He can be beaten, he can be tortured, he can be in shipwrecks. He's not gonna die because God says you're going to Rome. And here is David, but he has forgotten the anointing oil. And all he sees now are the javelins of Saul coming at him. It has caused his faith to begin to falter. Some of us would be like, well, if I had anointing oil in my life, then I could maybe, you know, that would be easier for me than to rely on God. Well, we'll time out a second, time out a second. If you're here right now and you're saved in the Lord Jesus Christ if you're truly regenerated by the Holy Spirit, that means you have been filled and baptized forever by the Holy Spirit of God. That means that you are now adopted into God's family. That means that you are a child of God, that you can never be separated from God. You are always in his family. You will be carried on to glory. But God starts, God finishes. So you want to talk about anointing oil? If you're in Jesus Christ, man, you've been anointed with an oil much more powerful than David God being king. You are now a child of the king, all because of what Christ has done for you. But here's the problem. When we start looking at the javelins that are coming at us in life, and we forget the anointing oil of God through his Holy Spirit calling us and making us his children, our faith begins to falter as well. What are the javelins coming at you right now that are causing you to look all horizontal, 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 and miss? the vertical and the power and the reality of the gospel upon your life. When David sees the javelins, ironically, the shield of faith goes down and the darts hit him in his heart. When we just see the javelins of life, our shield of faith goes down because we're so concerned about this world. When we see the anointing oil of Christ upon our lives, the shield of faith is raised, and as Ephesians 6 says, the fiery darts of the evil one hit our shield and fall to the ground, and we are protected. This is why the gospel is everything. Helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith, the sword of the spirit, the sandals of the gospel of peace, the belt of truth. It's every day. Armor of God. There we are. This is what allows us to carry on by faith, not in self, but in Christ. But you see, David, his faith began to falter. Now, again, we're encouraged by this because we see, wow, he's not perfect every day, neither are we. But the call then, trust me, David will end up in a pretty good spot after all this. But for right now, he's kind of going, he's kind of going down, downhill. And so we learn from this. And the question I ask is your faith begin to falter? Have your eyes set on the javelins as opposed to the oil? You see, the truth is light and the light is life. The truth is light and the light is life. And so there's truth here right now and there's truth to come, but I want to go on to indication number two. Indication number two that we are in spiritual decline, it's this, when my fear begins to fester. When my fear begins to fester, a lot of Fs today. So the problem of when our faith begins to falter, it won't be long before our fear begins to fester. And this is exactly what happened to David. David uh, leaves the town of Nob and now he goes to all places to Gath, okay? Now, verse 10, look at verse 10 of chapter 21. It says this, and David rose and fled that day from Saul and went to Achish, the king of Gath. Now, if we know the context and if we know the Bible a little bit around this area of God's word. When we say Gath, there might be a, a gasp. Oh, oh, you want to try that? And David went to Gath. Oh, okay? You say, well, why? Somebody like, why are we gasping right now? I'm in church. I don't understand why we're. Happy Mother's Day. All right. Anyways, so we're, it's Gath, but here's, here's what we understand, okay? If there was ever a move of desperation, this was it. Dave, David goes to Gath. Where's, where's Gath again? It's in the, it's in the nation of. The Philistines, yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. And um, wait a second, there's someone else that was from Gath. Um, who oh, yeah, right, Goliath was from Gath. yeah, yeah. and so I, i'm pretty I'm pretty sure David uh, killed the giant Goliath, who was from Gath. And so David has now, in his desperation, he is attempting to go into enemy territory, and I think he's trying to be incognito and somehow not to be seen. And he's trying to kind of blend in with the Philistines. But as we're going to find out, uh, this plan will not really work well. Look at verse 11. And the servants of Achish said to him, Is not this David the king of the land? Uh, did they not sing to one another of him? And so notice his fame now is spreading across borders. Um, sing of him in dances. Saul struck down his thousands, David his 10,000s. Look at verse 12. Here's a turning point. David took these words to heart and was much afraid of Achish, the king of Gath. So what did he do? He changed his behavior before them and pretended to be insane in their hands and made marks on the doors of the gate and let his spittle run down his beard. Then Achish said to his servants, behold, you see the man is mad. Why then have you brought him to me? And in a point of humor in verse 15, the king says, do I lack madmen? I got a bunch of crazy men in my house. He's like, I don't need him with me. Get him away. He says, get him away from me. I don't need one more crazy man before me. So this is not lost on the Philistines at all, just exactly who is in their presence right now. Now, let me ask you, when you see David pretending now to be insane, is this the same David who stood before Goliath and said, you come to me with a spirit and a sword, I come to you in the name of the Lord? Seems to be a very, very different individual. Trusting in vastly different sources right now. Faith in God and now faith in something other than God, it seems. But see, this is the danger when our faith falters because now it can create a fear that festers. And when fear sets in, loved ones, it often will make us do crazy things. I want you to notice that the servants of Achish, they're referring to David as the king of the land. They seem to understand the anointing oil right now better than David does. They're the ones predicting that and believing he's going to be the king. But David himself, because of his faith faltering and his fear festering, he has lost sight of this. Now notice the connection in verse 12. Verse 12 is very important to me. I'll be important to you. And David took these words to heart and he was much afraid. Notice, heard the words, reached his heart, and then filled with fear. I want to, I want to show this on the screen here. I want you to see this. this is very, very important. If we try to live our lives here, and this is a bit of biblical counseling for us to understand that presents itself in verse 12, which I'm very thankful for. So when we live life in this way and we hear false words, when we receive condemnation from the enemy, when we hear things that just are flat out lies, this is Satan's greatest tactic in our lives. Um, just to tell us Lies and we start looking at the world and receiving messages that are not true, when we hear false words and we start to believe them, and that combined with a failing heart, false words causes our heart to fail. When our heart fails, then we're filled with fear. This is, will be the result. And many, many people live in this way. Many, many, many believers. Many of us came in today and we have been believing false words. Our heart has failed and then we're filled with fear. This is what's gonna happen. It's right in verse 12. Heard the words, went to his heart, and then he was much afraid. You gotta watch that. You gotta be so careful of what we receive in our minds will ultimately determine how we feel and how we behave. What messages are we filling our lives with? So this is the wrong way, big X is through this. Here's the right way, which we've taught many times in our church, okay? And this is so great. What we need to do is get the fact. The fact is the truth, and the truth is the word of God. You live by the truth of the fact. You combine that with faith, Okay, So you're in a dark time, you're struggling, your faith is faltering. You need the truth of God's word. Fact combined with faith then leads to right feeling. This is, this is the train we are to live in. Don't be led by your feelings. Let the truth combine with your faith then inform your feelings of, of how you are to live and how you are to feel. So for example, yesterday morning, uh, I wake up and I'm in Hebrews chapter 12. It's where my Bible reading plan has me. I've read this passage probably a thousand times. I'm in Hebrews chapter 12 and I get to the part where it says, "Where it says, uh, let us run this race with endurance.'" Now, recently I've, I've been so encouraged. I just a phrase in the last couple of months for my life has kind of been like, "Look up, hang on." Probably going to be a sermon series at some point. I just I like it. A little preview for you right now: "Look up, hang on." It's kind of the Christian life. So I'm in this text right here: "Let us run the race with endurance." And I'm like, wow, it's kind of hang on right there. Run the race, Maryland, hang on. And the very next uh, part of that verse is looking to Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. And I'm like, wow, that's, that's look up. And so I'm like, wow! Hang on, look up, look up, hang on. It's in the Bible. Woo! It's in the Bible. Of course it is, because it's so biblical. But I'm there, and I'm getting the truth. It says here, and and consider him who endured such hostility, and it says Jesus Christ endured the cross, despising the shame, for the joy that was set before him is now seated at the right hand of God. So I'm sitting there uh, by myself, reading God's word, and the fact begins to renew my mind. Uh, run this race with endurance. Look to Jesus, it's gonna to be tough, but Jesus has gone before you for his joy. Faith combines with faith, and the faith starts to uh run down through my life and fact and faith, and all of a sudden sitting at my kitchen counter with Hebrews 12 open, and I'm like, Yeah, endure because of Christ, and it literally changes how I feel.
1: Wow, well, an encouraging message for sure. We pray God has done just that in your heart, encouraged you as you have found your face fixed again at the glory. Of the Lord Jesus Christ. Loved ones, if God's been stirring in your heart and you'd love to share it, reach out maybe to maybe the Live in the Light team and maybe share a word of encouragement or even to grab a copy of today's message. Make sure you visit us online at liveinthelight.ca. That's liveinthelight.ca. Or you can phone us up at 1 844 22 Light. That's 1 844 22 Light. Our mailing address in Canada is 500 Great Lakes Boulevard in Oakville, Ontario. Our postal code is L6L6X9. Our prayer is that people are impacted by Live in the light. They would be renewed in mind, reinforced in faith, and resolved in will to live in Jesus Christ. I'm Craig Turnbull, and on behalf of Robbie Simons, we invite you to join us again next time on Live in the Light.